Good afternoon to you. Glad to have you with us on a Monday. Sunshine on the outside, moderately warm, 56 degrees. Appreciate you being on board. Appreciate the goodness of the Lord. Glad to have you with us. Love to hear from you. 577-1296 is the text line. Also, our voice line is 828-884-9427, 884-WGCR. Hope that you had a great weekend. We appreciate all the Lord's blessing and appreciate God's goodness. At Anchor, we uh, have had a pretty bad outbreak of type A flu among our congregation, and it all seemed like it all occurred, most of it, last week. And so uh, we were pretty sparsely populated yesterday morning, and then even worse, last night, probably the lowest crowd we've had since COVID. But uh, I sent out a one call instructing folks, if for, number one, if your family has been sick, uh, you know, then you need to quarantine. And a lot of people not not practicing that. Uh, but you can definitely carry the flu virus just like you can the COVID virus. So, uh, but we're 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 grateful that we've had. I found out today another family is sick, but uh, that's the they're most of the ones that have been sick are are getting better. And also, we're finding out that those that are taking the antiviral uh, flu drugs. Uh, they are most of them feeling the worst is about three days. And then so about three days they're sick and then they don't feel good for a couple more. So about five days. And we've got folks going back to work after about five, six days. Uh, and, you know, and you know the old-timey flu, which is what this is, type A. Sometimes it's seven to ten days, you know, I mean sick. So, uh, yeah, and... Uh, there was a doctor quoted as saying, he said, if, if you think that this flu is not very severe, he said, you haven't had it. That's what he said. And he said, if you kept on working, you didn't have the flu. That's what he said. He said, no, no, you didn't know. Well, I felt bad. I think I had the flu. No, you <laughs> No, the people who have had the type A, I mean, they're down. And it don't matter what. I mean, they're down absolutely down uh, for at least two, three days. It's that severe. You, It's pretty tough. So anyway, word to the wise, be careful, be careful, be careful. And the same things that protect you from COVID protect you from the flu virus, okay, as far as PPE and uh, hand sanitization and all those things. Very, very same protocols, okay? All right, let's take a look at traffic this afternoon. There is a wreck it is on Hendersonville Road. It looks to be right there. Well, they're showing that it is right here at Buck Shoals Road and 25. That's where it's that's where it's plotting at. Hard for me to tell exactly where it's at. Uh, the, the the slow traffic seems to be between Buck Shoals Road and the light there at Walgreens. So I'm not sure exactly where that wreck's at, but it is apparently hindered traffic a little bit. Also, traffic is heavy on 146. Uh, yeah, back toward the interstate there. That's, uh, uh, that's, that's pretty heavy this afternoon. As far as the interstates are concerned, they're moving pretty good. No, no problems that I can see. Uh, the normal places that we'd see traffic this time of the day, 25, 25A, much less than usual. Uh, where uh, The uh, 112, which is uh, uh, Sardis Road, it's, it's good today. So not a lot to really comment about. Uh, there's the normal slowdown around Asheville coming west on 240 right near the downtown. But going up toward Tennessee, 26 is fine. Even the weight in the gorge is not bad today. Matter of fact, there's really not a weight. It's just a, a little off the pace, slow down to about 45, go through the, through the construction zone, and you're back up and running. So not a not a bad day to go in and out of Tennessee today. All right, so everything on the plateau looking decent for South Carolina. Uh, your normal problems right there around the airport around 14.
and then a little slow patch down on 385 in below 85 uh, on the uh, going down like you're going toward Simpsonville right in that section just a short patch of slow but uh, for the most part I'm not seeing I don't see well there's one wreck I-85 southbound of course there is but uh, other than that I don't see any other wrecks today so that's it's a little different than, uh, than we used to see it. Yeah. Uh, well, but not bad for a Monday. Not bad temperatures either. Uh, we've seen uh, pretty, pretty mild conditions today. Asheville say that they have uh, 58. They've been a little north breeze, about seven miles per hour. And uh, we are uh, the humidity very low, so it's dried up very quickly. We're at 19%. You're going to get that static electricity when it gets down that low. So a very dry air mass over us. In South Carolina, a little warmer, 63 degrees, and a little, little more humid as well, about 25%. A little different wind, south-southwest at 7. Here at the studios, Pisgah Forest, we're at 55.7, 55.7. And as I look at our humidity here, uh, not quite as dry. I don't know what the difference is. But uh, but high pressure in place, 30.17 inches. Visibility, 27 miles. Yeah. And uh, so no, no precipitation in the past 24 hours. And as we look forward in the week, we do have some rain coming back in. Not bad. Like tomorrow, 63. Tonight's 34. 63 tomorrow. 39 Tuesday. On Wednesday, 62. By Wednesday night, chance of showers increasing, but the low only 48. Pretty good chance of rain on Thursday with a high of 57. And then Thursday night, a low of 50, or excuse me, a low of 42 with a 50% chance of rain. And then a chance of rain on Friday with a high of 56. So late Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, do look wet, all right, just so you know. And then over the weekend, we're a little cooler, like Saturday's at 45, but then 23 Saturday night, but then we're back in the 50s by, by Sunday. So, yeah, we're, uh, uh, to say we've had a mild winter, uh, and it's been pretty wet, and that's typical of uh, a La Nina, what we're, what we're seeing. That's, it's not unusual uh, to see that, that sort of patterns. Well, the sixth day of the month of February is being, the general budget today is being sponsored by Doug Corn Jr. Just wants to invest in the things of the Lord. Brother Doug, thank you for that and appreciate you being a sponsor here today at Anchor Broadcasting. The network budget sponsored by a listener because no one ever cared for them like Jesus. We say amen. Thank you. God bless you. Our own Mr. Jacob Warren having a birthday today, and also Ben Smathers is 22. Congratulations, and wish you many, many more. All right. Well, we're glad to have folks that are visiting with us this afternoon, and uh, well, they I say visiting. I, they, I guess if you're family, you don't, you, you don't visit, you know. Uh, folks are just at home with us here, and we're glad for that. Uh I guess it's alphabetized by state today. Okay, so glad to see Birmingham, Scottsdale, which is Scottsdale, Arizona, Springdale, Arkansas, El Monte, San Jose, California, Fairfield, Connecticut, Washington, D.C., Valdosta, Georgia. We've got Ann Arbor and Manchester, Michigan, Plymouth, Minnesota, St. Louis, Missouri, Mount Laurel, New Jersey, Nassau, New York, in North Carolina. We've got a whole gang of folks. We have got Marion, Morrisville, Asheville, Hendersonville, Brevard, and Franklin all with us today and multiples of all of those. Dayton and Toledo, Ohio, Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, Lancaster, South Carolina, along with Fort Mill, Rock Hill, Greer, Greenville, and Spartanburg. Houston, Texas. Glad to have Houston with us today in multiple counts, multiple places here. I don't know why that computer does that. Sometimes it'll, the mouse will work, sometimes it won't. 
Add Austin to the list, Austin, Texas. I, I left them off. Also, we have uh, listeners in the United Kingdom. They're lit up today. Uh, listeners in Europe, but are not, can't discern where. And then we look at how Suffolk, Virginia, along with us. Thank you. Appreciate that. And uh, so we're, we appreciate that very much. All right? All right. Thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm going to the text line. Uh, 4412 says, God bless Israel, Pastor Barton, and Anchor Broadcasting. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. And uh, uh, 9431 says, my doctor said the type A flu is the type of flu that kills people. Unofficially, I was told today that we have had three deaths in the county from flu. We have had three people die from flu in the county. That's what I've been told. But, you know, that's not making the 6 o'clock news as it, like COVID did. But, I mean, a death is a death, you know. And so, yeah, our hearts go out to these folks. Well, I know that uh, it's a little bit old news, but uh, <laughs> what do you think about the whole balloon episode? Mm-mm-mm. You could see it. See it from the church. You can see it right here from the church. Saturday morning, come right through here. And of course, from that altitude, uh, you could see a large expanse of, of property. And uh, a lot of people didn't understand, well, it, it didn't come right over. Well, it, it didn't have to at that altitude. And of course, it came right across Oak Ridge in Tennessee, which was restricted airspace. It came, it's been through over our, over our, uh, n- nuclear silos out west. It came across Air Force bases. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we let it. And the thing that a lot of people didn't, you know, they said, you know, I talked about it last week. And they said, oh, it's a weather balloon, Chinese weather balloon. Do you realize the thing hanging under that thing was as big as three buses end to end? Mm-hmm. Of course, it sank in 47 feet of water off the coast of Myrtle Beach uh, when they shot it down. Uh, Mark Meadows was at Crown College in Knoxville Friday night or Saturday night. Spoke at a men's supper. Uh, Clarence Sexton had him, and uh, Mark Meadows made the statement. He said the 45th president of the United States would have shot it down over the Aleutian Islands when it entered our airspace over the Aleutian Islands. Yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, well, think of this. So I said, well, they didn't want to take it down because it might fall on somebody. Do you know the chances of it falling on somebody in Alaska? Well, I mean, even in Wyoming, I mean, when it come through, Montana, I mean, you got 12 people per acre out there, I think it is. You know, is the whole, I mean, it's, it's nothing. And, and so there was plenty of opportunities to take it down. But it crossed into American airspace when it crossed the international dateline. And it hit the Aleutian Islands. That's, a, that's part of America. It's the island that the Japanese occupied during World War II. And that island is American airspace and all of our extraterritorial waters surround that island. And when that thing come in within that airspace, it was free open target for us to take it out. But instead, we let it come all the way across America, gather whatever it was gathering or spew whatever it was spewing. It's turned into a big joke. You know, people posting pictures that it took looking down at the ground, uh, you know, putting, writing things on the side of the balloon, you know, people are having a ball with it. But, you know, does it bother you that a communist nation flew an intelligence gathering device over top of Western North Carolina and near the tracking station could easily be photographed? And somebody said, well, you know, they've got satellites. They can do that anyway. They can. But a satellite can't get as low 
as that thing did. Low Earth orbit still keeps it out quite a ways. So hung on a balloon at 50,000 feet, you know, that is a, and, and the other part of that is at, at that, as slow as it was going, it gives you very intricate. The other thing is, at that elevation, it's like having a giant antenna in the sky. And at that elevation, you could pick up anything. You could pick up all of our cell phone conversations. You could pick up any two-way communications, radio communications, or anything else at that altitude. There's nothing stopping you. If you can see it, you can hear it, basically. And that's, you know, that's the danger. Why else would you do that? Why else would that, you know, well, it was just a weather balloon. Don't believe it for a second. And uh, if it was a weather balloon, why did we shoot it down? Just saying. I mean, you know, so, you know, even what the government has been saying to us and told us, they've contradicted themselves several times. So somebody has not told the truth from the beginning. They're now saying, okay, they knew when it crossed the Aleutian Islands. They saw it. They knew it. But then we didn't do anything to intercept it until Billings, Montana. And there was actually a ground stop at the Billings Airport, and the traffic controllers told the pilots uh, that were not allowed to land or take off that there was a military exercise in their airspace. And it was two F-22 fighters and an AWAC doing surveillance of the balloon. But it's already in Billings. So, and so, you say, oh, we knew about it. Well, if you knew about it, why'd you wait till you got to Billings to surveil it? I mean, we've got Air Force bases, multiple Air Force bases in Alaska. And uh, I can tell you where part of them's at. I've been, I've been to a couple of them. And it just doesn't make sense, okay? The, none of that makes sense. So, yeah, I think, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it seems like it's just one more example of the ineptness of this administration. And many people say, you know, hey, it was white. It was big enough it could be seen from there. If they wanted to be incognito, they could have painted it blue and we'd have never seen it from the, with a naked eye. But you could see it with a naked eye. So uh, what's the purpose I mean, the thing went almost directly over Shaw Air Force Base. And by the way, you don't fly a Cessna over Shaw Air Force Base. That's restricted airspace. Oak Ridge, Tennessee, restricted airspace. Check any map. You can't fly over Oak Ridge. That thing did. You can't fly over a military base in a private aircraft. That thing did. Hear what I'm saying? And I think it's also interesting that its path brought it through some of the area with the greatest concentration of military bases. And they told us, well, it's just drifting. Well, <clears throat> maybe it was. But I was watching the wind patterns. Of course, up at that height, that could be wrong. But it's just very interesting to me that it crossed several major military installations and that it came over several strategic nuclear sites and that it flew over bases where our nuclear bombers are stationed and photographed them in what's called low Earth orbit. I mean, you don't get any lower than 50,000 feet. The Blackbird flies at about 70. So the balloon was lower than it. And you using the sophisticated lenses that we have on satellites hung on the bottom of a balloon, I mean, they could, you know, not only could they read your tag number from there, they could tell you whether your tag was expired or not. 
They've been able to read the tag number on an automobile. They've been able to do that since the first Gulf War from outer space. But with something hanging that low, they can tell whether your tag's expired or not. Just saying. Yeah. And it was the boys from Langley that took it down. Yeah, in Virginia Beach. They're the ones that come down, took it down. It wasn't, it wasn't Shaw, even though Shaw was right there. They, they come out of Langley and, uh, and took it down. Right off the coast of uh, Myrtle Beach. And, of course, it dropped into the water there. So I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm very, uh, <laughs> I, I'm very, uh, I, I'm very concerned, you know, just very concerned. And uh, Mike says, why wasn't it shot down sooner? Exactly. Why wasn't it? Um, and it's been said, Wayne said he heard line of sight to Fort Bragg at 60,000 feet from Asheville. Well, where it was taken down at 60,000 feet, Bragg, Lejeune, Shaw Air Force Base, all that's in play. Every bit of that's in play. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know who has the largest concentration of military, right, on the East Coast? The Carolinas. Oh, by far. We've got some of the largest concentration of military. We might have might not have the most of any state, but we've got one of the largest kind of concentrations for the East Coast. I know that to be true. So yeah, I, I'm problem. I have a problem with it. And uh, you know, I thought about it. <laughs> uh, the uh, <laughs> somebody said it was it was actually. Uh, it was actually the, the Chinese, they were being contracted by the county tax office to see if they could find something else to charge a tax on in your yard. Well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a theory. <laughs> um, said the next one could be spreading the China virus across America. What if it had come across during COVID, what would we have done? Seriously. I'm serious. What if that same thing had to come across right in the middle of COVID or right at the beginning of COVID? Can you imagine what the conspiracy theorist would have said? Oh, yeah. I mean, and someone said, well, how can we, how, you know, I, I was going to shoot it down. You can't, <laughs> you don't, there's nothing that any of us, I mean, there was nothing that at that height, you, it's not reachable, okay? It, this is not, you know, and there's all the jokes about everybody shooting at it and all this stuff, you know, and it's just, it's jokes. That's all it is. At that height, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. Um an elected official who I won't call their name is saying, do you think it could be a trial run for a potential electrical, electromagnetic pulse one day? Well, think about it. Uh, certainly the thing hanging under the balloon was way smaller than either one of the bombs dropped on Japan. I mean, it was way larger the bombs dropped on Japan were way smaller than any, either than that big thing was. So could it carry a nuclear device and be exploded? Could it be carried through a hot air balloon? Well, I never would have given that a much thought. But now, if the thing is carrying something as big as three buses, it sure brings it into play, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, the... Uh, The uh, <laughs> using the term ineptness, I'm told, is a mild word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, there, you know, they're, they're, I, and there's just so much that yeah, I, I'm, somebody say maybe it was for another time to come. I agree. Uh, and and I and I, nine seven two four says, what if it was transmitting the whole time? So they got all that in, intel back, and then we shot it down. So what? They got everything they wanted. Well, that's my point. 
That, that is my point. You shoot it down before it ever comes across us. Not you wait till it's finished its route, then you shoot it down. Well, we wanted to, you know, get it and see what they were doing. Well, it's too late now. If it's been transmitting back, I mean, what's the point? So, uh, you know. Um, I've, somebody's making this statement. They said that huge was a big discomfort to many. It seems that it was more of a spy instrument than a weather collector. Uh, or like you and others have said, possibly spewing something biological. And then somebody else said, if that balloon was just drifting, then how did it get from Montana to West North Carolina in only one day? Well, I think it was a little more time in that. I think there was a little more time frame in that from what I can see, because I think the ground stop in Billings was Wednesday, and it came over us on Saturday morning. But I do understand your point, okay? And then somebody else is asking, 267 says, 2607 says, why does China need the weather balloon over the United States anyway? Well, they hope to own this real estate one day, and I guess they want to figure out what the weather is like over here so that they can. And by the way, somebody else has said, well, hey, they're just looking at their land because they've bought a big chunk of Montana already. They were just photographing their land. They bought a big chunk of land next to one of our military bases. Going to put a corn mill on it. And we're letting them do it. We're letting communist countries buy large blocks of the United States. I visited a block in Phoenix, Arizona, an entire city block that is owned by communist China. And it's full of communist stores. It's full of communist, uh, full of, uh, let me try it again, full of Chinese stores. Chinese restaurants and Chinese businesses. Oh, yeah. It's right there in Phoenix. I've been there. Been there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the Daily Mail, which I don't know, you know, the reliability of the Daily Mail, but the Daily Mail, 5533 says, the Daily Mail said it potentially carried explosives to destroy itself should they want to destroy the evidence. So, uh, 70, 7466 said the Chinese were probably worried about Perry. Uh, and it ended up near bases in South Carolina. And uh, said my son was flying kites on Cherry Point and got pictures of, it take, uh, of, of them taking it out. And they go on to say our government has lost her mind. I'm not going to argue. Uh, Daniel says, former Marine says, like allowing a thief unrestricted access to your home. 5371 says uh, that you could easily do an EMP, you know, uh, like this, you know, could easily be done. Um, 8680 says, I am concerned, but doesn't surprise me. With the president and his family that has ties to China, he owes them. Sad, very sad. Well, it is sad that what you just said is not, not too many people can argue against that. I mean, I mean, what, what argument can you pose against that? And they talked about how, you know, for four years they talked about how that Trump was in bed with the Russians. Remember that? The problem is Trump imposed some of the most severe sanctions on Russia of any president since Ronald Reagan. But that's not talked about, is it? Yeah. Somebody says, uh, <laughs> okay, and uh, somebody says, uh, the next one will be blue. To, you know, so, yeah, very possibly. They're also saying that, the, that the, if it's a fabric, that the fabric of a balloon, which it apparently was, the fabric of a balloon is not a good radar. The roundness and the fabric of the balloon are not good. In other words, they don't pick up good on radar. Now, the metal thing, it was hanging under it, whatever it was. I guess you could pick that up, depending. But 
that's what I was told, that it's uh, radars look for sharp edges and corners and things like that. And the balloon didn't have that. And that would be one of the reasons. So, and uh, <laughs> somebody said they don't have to send a balloon. They can just listen to WGCR and get the weather for West North Carolina. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so, 5371 sent me a little uh, thing, and it's got the, the communist leader of Beijing on the phone in one screen, and then it's got the president, or I should say Mr. Biden, on a phone on another screen, and the head of China is saying, you can go ahead and shoot it down now. We got everything we needed. The communists are saying, go ahead and shoot it down. We got everything we needed and giving America permission to shoot it down. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad, isn't it? Uh, anyway, by the way, did you know this is not the first one? So they're saying now? Uh, so supposedly this is the second one that we've had. And uh, so... I'm, that's what I'm hearing, that this this is the second one that has made incursion into our airspace. And I'm, uh, yeah. One person said he's not the president. He is the resident of the White House. Okay, well, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's an interesting phrase. Resident Biden, okay? P-resident Biden. Uh, anyway, uh, well, on the good, on the... On the good news, Murphy gas is two three dollars and twelve cents a gallon today, and diesel's down to four thirty five at the airport. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's a good thing. Well, I'm uh, I don't know. I am uh, I'm I'm just uh, I'm 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 concerned for a number of reasons, and uh, I'm. Uh, they say that the president was was briefed on this on Wednesday this past week. So what day would that have been? What day was last Wednesday? So last Wednesday would have been looking at looking here. That would have been on the first. Well, the thing come across the Aleutian Islands on the thirty first, thirtieth, twenty ninth, twenty eighth. Saturday's a week ago. So it come across the Aleutian Islands Saturdays a week ago. It came across Billings, Montana on the 1st of February. It came across Western North Carolina on the, the morning of the 4th, and they shot it down on the afternoon of the 4th. And today's the 6th. Yeah. So in other words, we had it was in U.S. airspace for eight days. I'm just, that's just a fact, okay? It was eight days. It was in our airspace for eight days. Yeah. So, uh, this is what, uh, this is what they released. And, and this is what's interesting. <clears throat> so, so, this is what the government released. It said currently, this is, this is Wednesday. Currently, we assess that this balloon has limited additional value from an intelligent collection perspective over and above that the PRC can do through other means. This was a senior defense official said. Nevertheless, we are taking all necessary steps to protect against foreign intelligence collection of sensitive information. That's what they said. So, and so that's what we're told to begin with. So let me go back. Now, what I'm doing is I'm backing up and reading you old stuff from last week. Because, see, they change. What they said Saturday was different from what they said Wednesday. This is what they said Saturday, or what they said last Wednesday. They said that on Wednesday, NORAD, the North American Radar Defense, whatever it's called, um. Uh, they sent up two F-22 Raptors from Nellis Air Force Base. 
and an AWAC radar plane. But they would not say were there options to shoot the balloon out of the sky. And, it, and again, I'm reading this, so I've, I've got proof. This is NBC that told this, that the U.S. military flights Wednesday prompted a ground stop at the airport in Billings with air traffic controllers citing a special military mission. This is what they said. And they went on to say that this type of, and the, and the military went on to say, this type of activity is not unprecedented. Well, I think it is. I really think here's the bottom line of all this. Okay, and again, I'm, I'm quoting NBC. NBC said, now this was Thursday, that NBC said that the Pentagon said that the tensions were high between the United States and China already. And that on Thursday, the Pentagon announced it would bolster the U.S. military presence near Taiwan with plans to expand the number of U.S. military personnel in the Philippines. And this was announced during Austin's visit to Manila with the EDCA, the Enhanced Defense Agreement, Co Cooperation Agreement. So four more bases being uh, American military allowed on four more bases in the Philippines, adding to the five that are already housing American troops. So, and initially they told us that it was a weather balloon. That's what they said. It was a weather balloon. Well, my question is, why are you shooting down weather balloons? If that's all it was, was just a weather balloon. So, <laughs> so here's what they say. Okay, again, this, even the government can't agree with themselves. I'm going to quote you exactly. Brigadier General Pat Ryder at the Pentagon. This is what he said in contradiction to what the White House said. The White House, the, the Pentagon spokesman said, the United States government has detected and is tracking a high-altitude surveillance balloon. What did, what did he call it? What did the Pentagon call it? a high-altitude surveillance balloon that is over the continental United States. So, like I say, they changed their story several times in the midst of all this mess. And uh, I'm, I'm not happy about it, okay? Uh pastor says was the data that was gathered on the balloon only and destroyed on explosion or was it sending all the data back as it was, was observing? Not happy. Well, here's the thing. How do you get a balloon back? So in other words, if China centered around the world and it was not transmitting information, how do you get it back? How do you get it to land? How do you get it to come back to China and land so you can get the information off of it? That don't seem very feasible, does it? What do you what do you have to China has to shoot it down so they can get the get the tapes off of it or get the information off of it? I doubt it. So chances are it was transmitting live the whole time it was up. That would be my guess. Okay. And by the way, they didn't shoot. The, the big thing as big as three buses hanging underneath it, they shot the balloon itself and let the air out of it. It came down fairly slowly from the looks of the video that I saw. Now, how much, what tore up when it hit the water, I don't know. But people in Myrtle Beach got a big show. That's for sure. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they... So, yeah, and so anyway, uh, gas is, okay, good news again, gas is $3.02 in Arkansas. Yeah, 
and we might drive out there and get us a tank, huh? Uh, so here is here is something that is not widely known, but that is being I'm being told that there was what's called the night watch wing was deployed on this thing. And so it it was a threat, okay? It was. You do not spend that sort of resources and assets tracking that thing and dealing with all that. No. No. There it was a military target and they did Yep. And uh and somebody's asking, how come we can't get a president that cares about us? Well, you know, uh, and, and, and I agree with this. We know the government knows what it was. They're not going to release that information to the public. It's you know that they know what it was doing, that it was sending back as it was observed. No, it was not just a weather balloon, obviously not. What does something like that cost? You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah, that's not, that's not right. So I don't know. Well, here, here is something. So I said, well, why would they need that with all the electronics and all this, this, that, and the other? Why would they need that? Well, what if... An electromagnetic pulse is generated by the Chinese or the Russians or the North Koreans or the Iranians or uh, the Venezuelans or the Cubans or a number of other people who hate us. What if it was generated and knocked out all the electrical impulse over America? Well, your modern aircraft wouldn't even fly. Your missiles wouldn't be any good. But a hot air balloon would work just fine, wouldn't it? Just saying, a hot air balloon would work just fine to carry a bomb or anything else. Kind of low tech, you know what I'm saying? Let me just give you just a, just a thought. The Bible says that the blood will be up to the horse's bridle. Somebody said, well, that's just a measurement. Maybe. The Bible says that they'll burn the weapons of war. They'll use them apparently as fuel. How's that? How do you burn tanks and things for fuel? How do you do that? What if something negates technology? And Armageddon is fought on horseback and fought with swords and spears and guns and low-tech stuff because nothing else will work. What if? I'm just saying, what if? Don't know if they're still there, but up until a few years ago, the United States Navy maintained steam locomotives looked like brand new take them out and run them every day and they were a somebody said oh they're just for nostalgia purposes well according to what I've been told that we do have a plan of sorts to fight an old-timey conventional war if we were ever invaded. And while we've not been invaded in a long time, 
18, the War of 1812 was the last time a foreign military was on our soil. They burnt the White House. They burnt the Capitol. As far as major, the Japanese did take the, the outmost Aleutian Island in World War II. People died over that. Americans were killed on the mainland United States by incendiaries and explosive things that came over on balloons. We kept it pretty quiet, but they did do it. Americans did die on American soil from the Japanese. And we did have German U-boats in American waters shooting American ships, killing Americans. Again, they tried to keep that from us, but we did. it did happen. Okay, It did happen. It's true. It did happen. The Germans killed Americans in American waters. Yes, they did. And, of course, look at Pearl Harbor. That was American soil. And look how many died there. And then, of course, look at 9-11. The foreign entities came in and attacked us, and near 3,000 died on 9-11. So I said, well, that wasn't a military. Well, military action. They used our own planes against us. My point is that we do not have enough military to fight a hand-to-hand -hand war, a ground war, hand-to-hand -hand combat, if our tech was taken out first. So it would be up to the citizenry to defend the homeland. And I still believe that was part of why the Second Amendment was put in place. And probably the reason that Hitler did not invade or Japan did not invade is because of the number of guns in America and people who knew how to use them. In sheer numbers, our military is small in comparison to some other places. We're outnumbered badly. But just the licensed hunters, year before last, just the licensed hunters in America who got license, who knew how to load a weapon, who knew how to hunt, to stalk game, to fire high-powered weaponry at game and, and, and take it out for food, that number is about 16 million. And that's bigger than any army in the world. By far. Just saying. Just, it's just math. <laughs> just saying. Hope the Lord comes. Hope we never see that. Hope it never happens. But you know, it is, uh, Dwight Eisenhower believed it was going to happen. Go back and study the Dwight Eisenhower interstate system. And look at one of the reasons for building the interstates. They were built for moving troops and supplies across America in the event of an invasion. And at one time, power lines could not cross the interstates, or if they did, or only in certain places, so that the interstate highways could be used as runways for aircraft, and that we could contain and invade an army between the interstates. Study it. Go look it up. National defense was on the mind of Dwight Eisenhower, the man who was president when I was born, national defense was on his mind when the whole interstate system was conceived. Gridding off America and containing an invading army. Now that's in my lifetime. Everybody's concerned about the nukes. Everybody's concerned about you know, nuclear holocaust and all those things. But it ain't been that long ago we were concerned about 
invading armies landing on our shores. Just saying. How we need to pray. How we need to pray for our country. How we need to pray for our leadership. How we need to pray for our military. How we need to pray for our law enforcement. How we need to pray for Americans to become good citizens. To become good citizens. God help us. God help us. God help us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for loving us. We pray, Lord, that you would help us. Lord, as Americans, we love this land. Lord, we love our nation and what it, our founders based it upon and what it stood for. And Lord, we would fight to preserve those things. And Lord, I'm praying that you'd help us. Lord, we know that there's a battle that's raging that's not going to be fought with lead and brass and gunpowder. It's being fought in the minds of the people. And it's a, it's a philosophical battle. And it's a battle over the hearts and minds of young people. And Lord, Nikita Khrushchev said that he would take America without firing a shot in my lifetime. And Lord, it seems that he just about has, sure enough, in my lifetime. So Lord, help us to resist the devil. Help us, Lord, to stand for truth and right. Help us, Lord, not to be a part of the problem, but be a part of the cure. We will fall on our knees, and may you be glorified. And may people get right with God and ready to stand before you. Lord, we'll thank you for all you do in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for being on board. I'm Pastor Randy Barton. Until we meet again, whether on the air or in the air, may God richly bless you is our prayer.